0: Ben Nelson here with a, another episode of the Every Real Estate Investor podcast. Thanks for tuning in and uh, taking a listen. So it's always fun to throw these ideas out there and hopefully what you're hearing is inspiring and um, you're learning a lot and, and you're using these things to stop getting, stop making those excuses and, and start getting out there and taking action and making things happen, whether that's uh, you know, first getting your feet wet and getting in, into real estate investing, um, or scaling your business to another level, or whatever that looks like for you. So uh, that's the goal: is to you know inspire those actions, make it happen. You know, get past those excuses. Again, we're all busy. We're all you know that everyday person out there trying to trying to you know have a family and and whatever else we're doing that keeps us busy. But let's not let that keep us uh, from uh, from doing our real estate investment activity and getting out there and getting in the game. So um, today we are going to talk about. Uh, how to make money and what to do uh, in a down market. Uh, Now, I'm going to say right now that I'm not admitting that we're in a down market necessarily, um, and we'll get into that here in a minute, but um, you know, you can't help but look at the headlines and um, see all of the different articles out there about the the housing recession and the pullback and the sales numbers down and um, you know, prices potentially pulling back and, and doing so in some markets and, and things like that. So it's definitely on the forefront of the headlines. Uh, and so we're going to talk about it today and, and what that means in your real estate investing. So let's dive right into it and um, just go with the the first with the concept of, of investing in general. So uh, you got to think long term, you got to really think long term. And, and a lot of people get stuck in the mindset of you know more of a trader mindset and and not a uh and not an investment mindset which is you know more long term and and what is your what is your investment doing over time and that sort of thing and not i'm um, going to buy the you know the whole buy low uh, buy low sell high uh, mentality of trading now obviously we all want to get the best deal that we can um you know it would it would not feel good to most people to buy something today and you know, lose 10, 20 percent of their equity or their, their value in um, you know, over the next six to 12 months. Um, again, not saying that's going to happen. but um, yeah, that, of course that doesn't feel great. But if you have a long-term perspective, you have to understand that there are ups and downs in any market cycle and you just you just you, you know you make a decision based on what you know now. You, you buy and you're, if you're buying for the long term, no, it is gonna come back. We live in an, in an inflationary system. Um, there's ups and downs, that's just how it goes. And if you're in it for the long term, it really doesn't matter what it's worth at any given point in time, unless you're trying to use it for something else. If you're trying to re-leverage it, you know, refinance it, obviously then it, it matters. Um, but if you're in it for the long term, it really doesn't matter what it's worth a year or two from now if, it pencils now and, you know, 10 years down the road, it's going to be worth more um, and you're going to continue to see that, uh, that upward pressure from on, on asset values from inflation um, and just the overall pieces of the puzzle there, you know, so really got it. You got to get past the, the whole. I have to time the market. I have to buy low. I have to make sure that it's going to go up You know, over the next six months or a year. It may dip. OK, that's that's and that's fine. Again, as long as you're buying soundly and as long as you're, um, you know, you're able to cover your, your debt and and think long term, that's really the the goal here. So we're we're there's so many benefits we're investing, right? We're not trading. Um, you're gonna have cash flow in the meantime. You're paying down debt. You're you know with amortization. You're you're gonna get long term appreciation. Um, you have tax benefits. So many so many reasons to own other than just is the price going to go up? And if the only reason that you're making money is because the price is going up, uh, I mean, we all love equity growth, and we all love when there's appreciation. But that shouldn't be the only reason that you're making money in your investments. That should be you know almost icing on the cake. Um, your main motivation you you know buy for cash flow, buy for, you know that amortization is awesome if you're using leverage, which and, you know I love leverage. It's a, a great tool. Um, not everybody buys that way. Some people do buy cash. Um, and They're just looking for for steady cash flow and a, a solid return in that way, which is fine. But um, you know, don't get stuck on just just the the value now and the value down the road. Yeah, you want it to do well. You want it to perform well. You want over time for it to grow. But it doesn't. Don't look at it in short spurts. You know, six to twelve month spurts. Look at it over the long term of the investment and what is it going to be worth down the road. So that's the first thing. Um, let's get our head around that. Um if you're buying something, if you are buying something short term, because, you know, we we do buy, you know, I do remodel projects and flips, you know, as, as an addition to holding properties. So, um, you know, that's, there's nothing wrong with having that as being part of your business plan and and doing that from time to time. Sometimes you do you force some equity, you turn it around. It's maybe not something you want to hold long term, but you can create some value there and, and make a little bit of money and then put it into something that you're going to hold. Nothing wrong with that. So... Um, just be conservative right if you're if you're in an environment where it looks like prices could dip um pencil that in right Where we talked about having a successful remodel project a couple weeks ago um and uh that is one of the things you want to pencil in the contingency so you know the, for the unknowns the what ifs you know the things that you know is going to come up you just don't know what exactly that thing is yet um so so add another line item in your in your underwriting for you know market like for for market depreciation. If you think it's gonna go down 5% in the 6% in the six months that you're doing the project, pencil it in, add it in. And um, you know, yeah, you might lose more deals as we're shifting in a market, right? Because maybe people aren't paying attention to that and, and aren't penciling that stuff in. So you're not, you know, you're being more conservative, but you know what? I'd rather be more conservative and not get a deal um, then back myself into a corner because i'm trying to be too tight in my numbers and i'm being too aggressive so there's a balance you don't want to be overly conservative but you also don't want to be you know overly aggressive either especially in a market that um, has some some nuances to it and, and is shifting a little bit and and we're not sure exactly where where things are going so um remember that oh and actually before i go on to this one uh, just be be open when you're doing that and you're penciling that in. There's nothing wrong with being open with a seller if you're talking to a seller directly, and just be you know they understand. A lot. I mean, maybe they don't, but like educate them, right? Let them know, hey, we're we're in a market that it's not as competitive. Prices are starting to come down. You know, here's what I plan on doing with this property. You know, don't be don't be secretive. I mean, we've talked about this before too. Like most sellers understand that you're buying it to to make money. Okay, unless you're going in with with you know some angle that you're being manipulative or or you're just you're not you're coming at it from some angle that you're just you're not being honest about what you're actually doing with the property. I mean, you're not saying you're an investor or whatever. I mean, if you're being honest and you're like, they understand you have to make money. This is what you do to make money. You're solving a problem that's worth something. Right. So assuming that that's the conversation that you're having with them, just add to that and say, look, I got to carry this for six months and the market's declining and i think it's going to decline by this much over that time so i gotta i gotta cut that now to be to make this work and it you know they may it may or may not work for them um but a lot of times they understand and they and they get it that hey this is this is this is the scenario that works for me to sell it i i understand that you're taking additional risk by doing this to it and holding it over this time so yeah, that's fine. Um, so be honest, just just explain that and break it down to them. Um, underwrite diligently. Um, so this is not, when you're in a market like that, you gotta, there's been a lot of speculation and a lot of, um, you know, just counting on these really, now I don't know that anybody penciled in 30% rent growth or, you know, in any of their pro formas, but, um, you know, people were getting really aggressive with what they felt like rent growth and price growth was going to look like in, in uh, you know snatching up deals and so you know you, you got to stop doing that at this point i think is you, you're not penciling in you know appreciation into which i don't think you should ever do that anyway but um, you're not penciling that that in. you're not you're not you're pulling back on those parameters on what rent growth looks like what what price growth looks like maybe even again backing it down into into a decline over the the next whatever your whole period is um but just just underwrite diligently don't speculate look at real numbers Buy based on what is and not what could be um that was a lot of that come happening to you know People, people understood they could go in and raise rents and all that, and, and the market was continuing to increase. And so, you know, you typically wanna pay for what is, especially in income producing properties, and, and when you're talking commercial financing and income approach to value and all those things, you wanna buy based on what's there, not what could be. Lots of sellers were getting values based on what could be and not, you know, what rents could be increased to, and were gonna be, even future rents, um, when really ideally you're paying for what is based on today's values, today's cap rates. Um, and then if you increase rents and make the property perform better, then you're getting the benefit of that increase in value. So um, and, and the fortunate thing is if we have, you know, if we continue to have a little bit of, of uh, a slowdown, I, we're going to have more opportunities for that because sellers could basically demand that because there are so many buyers looking for product and now um, we're going to have less of that. Right. So that means more ability to say, hey, look, This is what it is. This is what I'm willing to pay for it, and and not necessarily overbidding based on you know, hey, well, it could have this these numbers, right? Um, Pick your your market carefully. Pick your market carefully. I talk about this a lot um, in all of my market update videos and in a lot of my podcast episodes that. national and 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 honestly if you click on a lot of the titles uh, or the headlines and you listen to these these little four or five minute video segments a lot of the experts say the same exact thing you just the headlines don't say it Um, every market responds differently so there are so many factors you cannot take the entire US real estate market and say this is what's going on in real estate and this is how prices are are being affected with with in mortgage rates, and um, you know this is how the economy is affecting the the real estate market. It's just not it's not relevant even. I mean, it's yes. I mean, you can you're looking at the the broader picture, but within that, again, you're looking at averages, right? You're looking at averages for millions of homes and and just lots and lots of moving parts, lots of different little uh, you know, lots of different metro areas, lots of different segments. And so you you can't just look at an average because there's so many different things within that average right what creates that average is all these different uh markets so what you have to look for then is what what are individual markets doing and what are the markets that you're looking at or involved in what are those markets doing and what are you know what are what how are those markets reacting to what's going on um and so you, you might have to shift right you might be, have been involved in a market that got a little bit too frothy and and uh, prices are starting to pull back and maybe you make a shift into a different market and, or a different asset class. Um, you know staying in one if you if you watch good investors and you watch you know whether it's stock, uh, real estate, anything, uh, they're constantly like reallocating right because they're looking they're involved in one sector, one market, one whatever, for a certain amount of time while it's doing well because they see opportunity. And then when that opportunity shifts or goes away or another opportunity becomes greater, then they'll take their chips off the table and then move it over to another market or asset class or niche. So that's what you need to be doing and that's what you need to be paying attention to. All markets were going up in the last, well not all, Um, there's always markets that are doing poorly even in in an upward market and the opposite is true, right? So in a downward market, um, although a lot of factors uh, like macro factors affect markets in general. Every market's still going to have different outcomes to that, uh, or be affected differently. Some are going to really pull back because of affordability, or um, uh, you know, other factors. People, you know, were just moving there to get away from other areas, um, and you know, those it was just not long-term sustainable drivers there, right? So um, you have to look at the the big picture. You have to look at your individual markets and see what they're doing and, and um, make an adjustment to the market, to a market that is gonna, uh, you know, last in the long term or, or achieve, help you achieve your real estate investment goals um, if the markets that you're currently in are not. So, um, you know, pick your market carefully. Again, every market's gonna react differently. Make sure you're paying attention to those trends. Uh, next week on the podcast, we're gonna break down a little bit more on uh, picking markets and what to look for and the things to be Considering when you're picking a market, um, to make sure you're picking the right market for your uh, investment goals, and, and picking a market that is poised for um, growth and for for good returns, right? So we're going to be ta- so tune in next week. We're going to be talking about that next week so to give you some tips on how to how to do that. We'll expound on that a little bit more. Um, the the last thing is is to use creative tools. So um, again, when a when a market is continuing to rise, it's really easy You just you know go out there buy something with conventional financing or get you know get get hard money loan on it turn around add some value with a remodel or something or even just hold on to it for a bit and turn around and sell it and you make money right very simple i mean that's what it's investing is really easy when markets are going up you just buy something and it goes up in value and then you sell it and make money right so um, not not too complicated in a in a market that's shifting and a market that's going down uh, now you have to start to use some creative tools. So we're talking seller financing, uh, you know, options, lease options, um, delayed closings, uh, all sorts of different tools you can use uh, to uh, to really get a different deal structure together that's actually gonna work versus like, hey, I have to buy this at a discount to, to make money, right? Um, seller financing, there's so many terms you can create, you can, you know, interest rates, interest only payments, delayed payments, uh, you know, all sort. You, I mean, you basically it's not like going to the, the bank and saying, hey, I want a loan. And they're like, OK, well, here's the terms of the loan take it or leave it. Right. You can get you can get super creative with seller financing, you know, down payments, all of that stuff is negotiable. So um, you can create a deal that works for the seller and that also works for you. And then and it's going to be more conservative, maybe um and give you some more options than if you were to just go get a bank loan right so that's a that's a huge tool and something to consider and there's going to be sellers more open to that as buyers are less likely to be vying for you know the the same property lots and lots of buyers for the same property uh that's going to open up opportunities to come in and, and provide some options and actually have a conversation with the seller um and say hey it, and 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 honestly, not just this works better for me, and this this has to work this way because that's the only way I can make it work for for my end. But really, actually having that conversation with a seller that it might actually be in their best interest to do it that way. And in the last few years, they wouldn't have even had that conversation because, you know, everybody was just jumping on uh, and bidding on the property, and they're just taking taking a deal because you know, they don't know any better and they're not willing to have uh, that conversation or they don't think they need to have that conversation. And they they actually could be missing out on a better deal because um, of so many buyers buying for the property and they they don't have the opportunity for a longer conversation with someone that is trying to consider their interests and and give them a a deal structure that is actually better for them. Um, uh, You know, lease options are great. You know, you can um, tie up and control the property and, you know even get a sublease agreement in their right to sublease it out and continue to make that payment um you know a seller that's maybe in a bad spot there they moved and they don't want to they don't want to maybe they're underwater i don't know there's i don't think there's gonna be a lot of that but um right you know because some people have so much equity right now but um you know providing a solution where they don't have to ma- manage a rental if they don't want to but they don't have to they've got income coming in um you're taking over you know, the maintenance and all that sort of thing. And um, they're just getting their payment, but they don't actually have to manage a rental. So le- le- lease options are great. And it extends, you know, you don't have to come up with nearly as much cash, right? You can come up with just, you know, a deposit and your lease payment. And um, it, it doesn't matter. It could be just a single family home. It could be something that you're working on developing, you know, maybe splitting some lots out. Uh, and, and it's a good structure because it takes maybe expenses off the table from the seller but it all and it but it gives you control of the property to be able to do what you need to do um, and get it down the road without having to put all of that cash out there up front Um, and same thing with just an option so you could do it as a lease with an option uh, to buy um, or just an option And, and just if you don't know what an option is basically an option is you're coming up with an agreement on a price you know terms things like that that are um, acceptable to both parties. You have a window of time where you have the right but not the obligation to um, exercise that option. So you define that option window when that is. Is it six months down the road? Is it between six months and 12 months? You know whatever that window looks like where you say, yes, I want to exercise my option. And then um, you know you put to put a deposit down as option consideration. Uh, but you don't have to perform on it. You can say, no, never mind, this doesn't work. Um, you're not obligated to buy it. It's your option to buy it at that price. Um, so that's a really, really good tool to control property without a lot of money out um, to be able to maybe do some um, entitlements and things like that. Um, in the meantime, create some value, but not put all that money out upfront. Um, I really like that tool. And um, from a mentor of mine, uh, that uh, a really good twist on that is you do a lease option where, where the strike price or the price um, at the time of exercising, the option is uh, whatever the outstanding principal balance of the loan is. Now, obviously, it's got to line up with what your price that you're paying for it is and your down payment and all that stuff um, for that to make to make that work. Um, but it works really well with people that maybe they don't have a lot of equity, but they have to like maybe move out of state or something or for whatever reason, they just um, they, they have to move from the property um, and they don't want to manage a rental, but they can't really sell it because they're underwater. Um but so what you can, or they just—they're just, they're gonna lose a little bit of money or break even or whatever, right? They don't—they don't have the ability to sell, um, or the desire to sell, um, for whatever reason. But you can take over the payments essentially, is what you're doing um, in that way. Uh, and um, but what you are now are taking that essentially off their plate, um, so they don't have to worry about it anymore. And you're gonna take on basically the role of an owner without actually having ownership. Um, so you should get the benefit of the amortization at that point and this is typically you're looking at like a long-term lease option on something like this for it to make sense um, but if you're going to have a lease option that's a really long window and you're like between five and seven or ten years or whatever um, then that's a lot of amortization that's going to happen over the time and probably a lot of appreciation so in um, that structure that works really well because you're getting the benefit of the amortization and the appreciation while you're taking that Uh, burden off of the seller's plate so little twist on on the lease option that i really like um has to be the right scenario but it definitely can work um and then you know you know all sorts of other things delayed closings um two time uh two lump sum payments i I, just get creative with what you can put together don't get boxed into just uh your your standard financing and um, having to go out and get a loan there's so many ways to create a deal um, and just have that conversation with the seller and figure out what they're looking for Figure out What what you guys can put together together. You're on the same side of the table not the opposite side Okay, and we talk about negotiation negotiation more down the road as well. You're trying to solve a problem together You're not against each other. So how, how can you solve both your problems in a way that works for both of you? Um, so uh, Yeah, get creative get creative. Um last little note again I'm not gonna uh, with the caveat that again everything's local right um, I I'm not saying we're in a down market I do think there are markets that got overheated and that are starting to pull back on pricing um, but I also think there's plenty of markets that are going to continue to see market uh, see market appreciation and rent appreciation um, over at the same time as other markets are pulling back we're just that's where we're at in the market interest rates have continued to go up um, it is it is uh, kind of pulling the, the rug out from the markets that didn't really have, uh, and exposing markets that didn't really have the drivers behind what was going on with the market appreciation and it's exposing what markets are solid and have the drivers to have continued growth even with you know, those interest rates going up and, and pulling back on buyer activity. So it's actually a really good time to be paying attention to what markets are being affected in what way. Because that's a really good indicator of, you know, which markets were strong and which ones really just had other things going on that were really not strength in the market. It was just something maybe temporary. Um, so, um, but a market downturn. If you are investing in a market that is going to get maybe have some of that pullback or or is going to get uh, hit a little bit with with a downturn. Uh, and even the markets that are doing well uh are going to do work it's still not going to be it's not going to be quite as crazy as it has been the last few years right so what that means though is that there is going to be more opportunity it's been really tough as an investor buyer over the last uh few years because there's so much competition there's so many buyers buying for the same property you you know any something hits the you got to get in before anybody knows about it otherwise if it's on the market it's too late it's going to get bid to a number that just doesn't make sense um, there's so much speculation going on. So, a, a, a downturn in the market is not a bad thing as an investor. It is only a bad thing if you let it if you let it let, stop you from investing. If you let it stop you from investing, then it is a bad thing. But uh, it, it can be a very very good thing if you are aware and you have the right tools and you know and you have the long term perspective and you know how to put deals together because now there's gonna be less competition, there's gonna be more sellers that are willing to have a conversation and you're gonna be able to have more time with them versus, uh, you know, hey, I've got eight other people knocking on my door to buy my property, do you want it or not? Um, You know, they didn't wanna have a conversation, now let's have a conversation about what this looks like and and put together a deal that that works for you and that works for for me and that gets everybody, you know, from where they are to where they are, are wanting to be. Um, so I think it's going to be a great, a great thing. It's going to give more opportunities out there. It's, you know, for there's going to be investors, there's going to be buyers that, you know, drop out of the market. Don't be one of those, but that is going to create, you know, less buyers and, and some more open sellers uh, to, to talking about ways to put deals together um, is, is going to create more and more opportunity for us. So stay the course, I'll keep looking at deals, underwrite wisely, you know, be conservative have your tools ready to go in your in your mind know them well know how they work how what situations uh you know what each tool works best in um understand sellers needs and help them get where they're going um yeah be strategic be picky be conservative uh, but don't stop investing so that is my advice for this market is yes there'll be markets that are going to go down yes there's going to be markets that are going to go up uh know what your market is doing the markets that you're involved in uh adjust accordingly if necessary and continue to buy real estate and don't buy into all of the media hype about the market crashing um you know do due diligence know what's going on but don't let it stop you from buying uh don't let the self-talk and the media talk in in your way uh just go out there and make it happen and keep investing um and, and make it happen so uh until next time again next week we will talk more about how to look for and pick the right markets to invest in and what key indicators to look at so definitely tune in uh, to that episode that's going to be i think even more important to consider those things as we're moving forward here in the next uh, couple years until then make it a great rest of the day